You're listening to At Large, a global affairs podcast brought to you by China U.S. Focus. Thanks for joining us. And here's your host, James Chow. This is episode 18, and lately no episode, it seems, has been complete without analysis on the trade war. I'll get to that, but a few days ago I swapped the sunshine of Singapore for the typhoon of Hong Kong. We all knew Typhoon Mankot was coming and I wanted to be home before it wrecked havoc with flights, especially as this was no ordinary tropical storm, but the strongest of the year so far. It made its way from the Philippines, where 65 people have been confirmed dead and more possibly still missing, passing through Hong Kong, which thankfully wasn't in its direct path, but there was damage all the same. And where I live, we were very secure, we were very fortunate. But for friends and what else you could see on social media in Hong Kong, the typhoon pulled off whole sheets of scaffolding from the sides of high-rise buildings, roofs ripped off, and even the next day you could see trees blocking roads as we all tried to get back to the semblance of a regular Monday. And then, of course, after the Philippines and Hong Kong, it hit the southern coast of mainland China with at least four fatalities there, with the impact also being felt in Taiwan and also Guam. So, Typhoon Mankut may have had a different name to Hurricane Florence, but through the shared loss of lives, these two weather events this week tied China and the U.S. together and in solidarity as millions of people try to rebuild their lives. He said it would be coming, and it has. Donald Trump has unveiled $200 billion of new import tariffs in an expanding trade war with China. If we follow the dynamics to date, it has been the U.S. moves first, and then China hits back. Trump knows this, and preempting that move, he's already upped the stakes by saying, as he announced at tariffs, that if China takes retaliatory action against our farmers or other industries, we will immediately pursue phase three, which is tariffs on approximately $267 billion of additional imports. And just as I sat down to record this podcast, there was breaking news out of Beijing with the main message there being that goodwill is evaporating. The Chinese government says tariffs of up to 10% on $60 billion worth of U.S. imports are coming into place on September 24th. If you notice, 10% and the start date of next week is the same as what the U.S. has put in place, which backs up how Beijing is explaining its new tariffs as not out of choice, but as a forced response. The Chinese foreign ministry says unilateral action from the U.S. is not acceptable. It warned that there would be a response and that put in doubt any imminent trade talks between the two countries. Now, speaking of those trade talks, there have been a couple this year of varying success, or maybe you could say no real success so far. The Chinese will want negotiations to take place in an environment of trust and with the possibility that it produces a forward-looking approach. Now, without that, I think they'll see it as not the most efficient use of their time. But the significance was already clear to many. They didn't need to see today's developments to conclude what leading personalities like Jack Ma are saying. Mr Ma, executive chairman of Alibaba, was speaking at an investor conference just hours ago, and he said this about the trade war. It will last for a long while. It may last 20 years. 
even when Donald Trump retires, the new president will continue. This is about big power rivalry. One thing for sure is the world needs a new set of trade rules and orders. Now, Trump has strong support from Americans who agree that unfair policies and practices with its global trade partners need to be reined in. But there are plenty of other people who reject that viewpoint, who say that tariffs will not only damage the economy, but also diminish America's position in a fast-changing world. What's different this time is while previous sets of tariffs have largely hit businesses, the new round begins to directly impact consumers. And that's where the tone and dynamic of this dispute is beginning to widen into a mainstream conversation, as I said in last week's episode. The Guardian newspaper was running live coverage as the tariffs were announced. I think the live coverage in itself signifies how important everybody is taking this news event. Um, It reported Wilbur Ross saying on CNBC that for all the tariffs and for all the hundreds of billions of dollars involved, American consumers, Ross says, won't feel it which I think is odd. Graham Worden, the Guardian's correspondent, seems to say the same. This is what he put up online. By my reckoning, it works out as an extra $160 for every family in the US if you base it on $20 billion of levies and 126 million US households. Now, Mr. Ross is correct in that consumer products don't make up the whole of the range of products being hit by these new set of tariffs. But consumer products are there. Joel Trackman is Professor of International Law at the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy at Tufts University, who has authored a number of books on global governance. This was his initial reaction to the new tariffs. Well, it's disastrous for both sides in economic terms. Uh, It's tough on Chinese producers that want to send goods to the United States. It's also tough on U.S. companies. This uh, additional $200 billion worth of tariffs, uh, $200 billion of goods that will be subject to tariffs, is still mostly inputs and industrial goods rather than consumer goods. There are some consumer goods. About 20% of the goods are our consumer goods. So it's going to hurt United States manufacturing and United States competitiveness and start to hurt United States consumers. This is At Large, your weekly podcast on China, the U.S. and the world. Keep listening. So what's on the list exactly? Now, the Apple Watch, which is what I spoke about in last week's episode, is not on the list, but other Apple products, including the Mac Mini, are. Now, if you're an Apple fan like I am, brace yourself for more of your favorite devices to go up in price soon. But in all, about 6,000 products across different industries are covered in this new batch of tariffs. And from what we understand, the tariffs will come in two waves, 10% as of next week before growing to 25% at the start of next year. So why this staggered approach and is there significance in its timing, especially when we think about the U.S. midterm elections in November? Let's return to Professor Trackman at Tufts. President Trump doesn't want to hurt United States manufacturers or United States consumers too much. That's why it's being phased in 
until January 1st, when it, as you said, as you say, goes to 25%. Give some time for uh, manufacturers to adjust to get their intermediate goods from somewhere else. Get past the Christmas season when people would be upset if they, if their consumer goods, electronic goods, Apple products became more expensive. So this is President Trump's negotiation style. He tries to um, hit the other person as hard as he can and wait for them to give up. And so far, it doesn't look like China is giving up. Back now to the White House, and this is where I lose track of what's coming out of there. The tweet from Trump said this, China has been taking advantage of the United States on trade for many years. They also know that I am the one that knows how to stop it. That I anticipated, but not so much in this follow-up tweet from the president. He said this, China's openly stated that they're actively trying to impact and change our election by attacking our farmers, ranchers and industrial workers because of their loyalty to me. That's where I'm afraid Mr. Trump is incorrect. I was told last week to go up and look at this website called Tariffs Hurt. Dot com. There are some overlaps there with the content on the U.S. Chamber of Commerce website, which also has a dedicated subsection on the tariffs, including a map that shows how each U.S. state is going to be affected and to what extent. But this new website, tariffshurt.com, is a little different. It says Farmers for Free Trade has joined Americans for Free Trade to form what it calls a new coalition of the largest retail, manufacturing, technology and service trade organizations in a multi-million dollar nationwide campaign against tariffs. I think you should take a look for yourself and at the Farmers for Free Trade site as well. There you'll find first-hand testimony in the form of videos from U.S. producers who talk about what the tariffs mean to them, their families, their communities, and the unifying message being that tariffs are going to damage them significantly. Content aside, what struck me was the sophistication with which this video campaign and the larger campaign has self-organized and come together and the way it communicates it. Itself. I think farmers and businesses are saying, if our government can't help us, then we have to help ourselves. I want to finish off with the big picture. Two comments. The first in an op-ed in The Guardian, this time by Simon Tisdall, who points out correctly that Chinese President Xi Jinping was a great help to Donald Trump in achieving his summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in Singapore in April. Now, if you think about that summit, the 12-second handshake they had, the bank of photographers surrounding them, that scored big for Trump's optics on the international stage and also on the domestic stage in his ability to lead on foreign policy. In his success, it has to be credited to him, the first American president to successfully get the North Koreans to meet. Trump said it himself that he owed Xi Jinping for that. But the favour is not being returned. The trade war in itself is a sign of that. In the opinion piece, Tisdall sums up, growing US-China strategic rivalry is a fact of 21st century life, yet at present Trump is relying on Chinese restraint in a wide range of problem areas as he focuses obsessively on his trade vendetta. It cannot be assumed Xi will be content indefinitely 
to play the role of adult in the room. His patience could snap. Few people predict a new Cold War just yet, but the warning signs are there for all to see. That from Simon Tisdall in The Guardian. Well, one last word, and it comes in the form of a tweet posted by Anna Fifield, head of the Beijing Bureau for the Washington Post. She wrote this, Trump has picked the worst possible day to announce the Chinese import tariff, says my colleague, and she's referring to a Chinese colleague, I assume, in the same bureau in Beijing. Feifel went on to say, it's September 18th here, a day considered the start of Japanese aggression 87 years ago. Many Chinese see it as an unofficial day of national humiliation. September 18th, of course, being the day that Donald Trump announces these new tariffs. So, 87 years ago, we cast our minds back to 1931. China was a very, very weak country. And it certainly wasn't the second largest economy in the world that it is today. That's why I think the response is going to be very different to 1931 to what it is now in 2018. The reaction, the impact, the consequences of today's events are still rolling out on the markets, in the currencies, in the political space. So at the time of this recording, late in the day of the announcement here in Hong Kong, it's still relatively early. And as, of course, Jack Ma said, we could have 20 more years of this. There'll be much more to discuss in our next podcast. Speak to you then. You've been listening to At Large with James Chow. For more episodes, you can go to ChinaUSFocus.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe at Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and more. Thanks for joining us.